We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. One of the biggest teachers unions in the United States actually comes out and says that it's okay that kids don't know math as long as they know the words insurrection and coup. And meanwhile, Barack Obama's former Secretary of Education, Arne Duncan, comes out and equates those who don't want to wear a mask with the Taliban. Oh, and don't forget the furries in Kentucky. I'll explain this and more on today's rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. The topic for the day is the lunacy in education. There are days when I can really get discouraged because I look at my industry, I look at education, I look at our public schools and our teachers' unions, I look at the leaders of education, such as those that are in charge of teachers' unions, school superintendents, college presidents, and even the former Secretary of Education for the United States of America, Arne Duncan. And I look at the crazy things that they're saying and the absurd ideas that they're perpetuating and propagating and inculcating in the minds of your kids. And I think to myself, all is lost. All is lost. If we have really gone this far down the tubes in education, then all is lost. Now, lest I get too negative and give you too much of a spirit of pessimism by saying that, let me repeat what I've said many, many times over. That is, I'm an optimist in the end. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I trust everything he said. And one of the very clear promises that Christ gave us was that the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against his church. So at the end of the day, I know who wins. And I know if we just hang on to the truth, that the truth will set us free. But all the more reason for us to defend the truth, present the truth, and teach the truth, and wave the banner of truth within a culture that is losing its mind because of the lies that we're teaching in our schools from the top down, from the Secretary of Education down, to the teachers' unions, to the local schoolroom. I'm going to share three stories with you today, just three stories that popped up over the course of the last 24 or 36 hours. I, I'm not even going back a week or two, and I could, and maybe I should, and maybe I will in subsequent shows. The point is, I can just go back two or three days and find stories that are just nuts. They're, these are real stories. These are real words from real people. Real ideas being expressed by 
people who fancy themselves our betters, the intelligentsia, the smart folks that want to set the course for our culture and our country and our kids. Now, you may be tempted to listen to these stories and say, well, that's not in my backyard. That's not here in Oklahoma. Or you didn't mention anything about this stuff happening in Ohio or Indiana or Wyoming or Montana or Kansas that, oh, it's just happening in that crazy place called California. And that's an anomaly in Kentucky. I don't know how you pulled that one out of the hat, Piper, but surely this isn't the norm. Well, if that's your conclusion, if that's your knee-jerk reaction, is that if that's your default position, then stop. You're wrong. This is pervasive. This is a cancer. It's a cancer that's malignant across the entire body politic of the United States of America. And it explains why your nightly news is causing you so much distress. It explains everything. It explains the cancel culture. It explains the blatant racism under the banner of being an anti-racist. It explains the lunacy of subjective identity under the rainbow flag. It explains Joe Biden's complete confusion and ineptitude. It explains everything because it all goes back to our schools. What we teach in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in our culture. And I'm going to share with you stories of what's being taught right now as we speak in our classrooms. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Okay, quick hits on a few key stories here. The first one is from The Daily Wire. It's dated August 30th, 2021. The headline is this. Teachers Union says this. It's okay that kids don't know math as long as they do know the words insurrection and coup. Briefly from the article, a Los Angeles Teachers Union representative said there is no such thing as learning loss, despite evidence of massive educational declines due to a year of remote learning. So she's denying the fact that there's learning loss, that they're failing in teaching our students. There's no such thing as learning loss she says, despite the fact that there's a boatload of data out there to prove otherwise. The woman is Cecily Cruz, president of the United Teachers Union of Los Angeles. Here's what she said. She told an LA magazine, it's okay that our babies may not have learned all their timetables, They learned resilience. They learned survival. They learned critical thinking skills. They know the difference between a riot and a protest. They know the words insurrection and coup. Close quote. So if you don't know how to count, that's okay. Because you've learned resilience and survival. How so? Critical thinking? Seriously? You actually believe that someone who makes the stupid comments such as what you just made are actually emblematic of critical thinking? This is where we are. This is a leader of the teachers' union, one of the largest teachers' unions in the United States. And this is what she said. This is what she said. She's 
at the same time calling for a focus within our schools on defunding the police. She wants to institute a moratorium on charter schools, which incidentally are very popular with racial minorities. But no, the union doesn't care about racial minorities. They really don't because they keep putting up roadblocks to solutions that have been proven to work, such as charter schools and school choice. And she refuses to take a $2 million grant, excuse me, I misspoke, a $2 billion, with a B, dollar grant from Gavin Newsom to help improve the school systems that she's responsible for because she said that $2 billion will go to predominantly white and wealthier schools. So she just wouldn't take the money. I mean, I could go on and on about this woman. The point here is that these unions are astonishingly powerful. They're, they're buying politicians. They're buying elections. And we saw it happen here in Oklahoma a couple of years ago. The conservatives who actually stood for sanity in our state's budget were actually run out of office by the teachers' unions here in the state of Oklahoma. And if we don't stand up and recognize the terrible job these teachers' unions are doing and how they're stealing not only money from your kids, but their souls and their minds, and they're sacrificing your children on this altar of government largesse, then our culture is lost. Story number two. A teacher instructs students to pledge allegiance to the gay pride flag after she removed the American flag from her classroom because it made her feel uncomfortable. This is from The Blaze, August 28, 2021. A California teacher, again, a story from California, but don't get distracted with that. It is not just in California. It's everywhere. It's pervasive. And I'm going to end with a story in Kentucky to prove my point. It goes into the heartland. A California teacher instructed her students to pledge allegiance to a gay pride flag after she removed the American flag from her classroom because it made her feel uncomfortable. It's actually on a video posted on TikTok where the teacher is explaining how she handles the morning announcements at her school, which include the Pledge of Allegiance. This is what she says. I always tell my class, excuse me, I always tell my class Stand if you feel like it. Don't stand if you feel like it. Say the words if you want. Don't say the words if you don't want to. And then the teacher said in the video, which has had over a million views, so my class decided to stand, but not to say the words. And that's totally fine, except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. And then the teacher went on to explain in the video that she had removed the American flag from her classroom during the pandemic because it made me feel uncomfortable. Close quote. I packed it away and I don't know where and I haven't found it again since. I haven't found it yet, she said, while giggling. Well, one of her students asked what he should look at while he recited the Pledge of Allegiance since there was no American flag. And she said, well... We do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he looks around, says the teacher, and he goes, oh, that one? As she pointed to the gay pride flag. By the way, this teacher's name is Kristen Pitzen, P-I-T-Z-E-N. And she works for Newport Mesa School District in Orange County. She has been cited on earlier posts supporting 
Gay Pride Month while she dressed in rainbow suspenders and rainbow earrings, and she talked about the Progress Pride flag. And she places a great emphasis, this is quote, on inclusion and progression, especially for marginalized LGBTQ plus communities of color and transgender people. And then she says this, I pledge allegiance to the queers. That's the way she concludes her video. That's story number two. Story number three. Arnie Duncan comes out over the weekend. This is August 30th, The Daily Wire. And says the cabal terrorists are the same as United States anti-maskers. He actually said that. The leader of education in the United States under the Barack Obama administration, the secretary of education, Arnie Duncan, actually compared Americans to the Taliban. Americans who oppose getting vaccinated or wearing masks. That's it. If you just don't want to get vaccinated because you're not too sure about this thing yet, or you've had COVID and you've got natural immunity and you know you don't need the vaccination, therefore why take any risk by having this drug put in your body? Why? Why should anybody tell you you have to when you have natural immunity? Why? He actually compared you, if that's the question you're asking. And if that's the position you're taking, he compared you to the Taliban who attacked the Kabul airport and killed 13 members of the United States military. This is actually what he said. Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers of the Kabul airport and the anti-mask and anti-vax people here in the United States. They both blow themselves up, inflict harm on those around them, and are convinced that they are fighting for freedom. Close quote. What a despicable human being, and what a stupid, stupid thing to say. A moral equivalency between not wanting to get vaccinated because you already have natural immunity with these butchers who are blowing up people, women and children, as well as our own military in Afghanistan? This is the mindset at the very top of the at the very top of the pinnacle. This is the king of the hill in education, at least under the Obama administration. And do you really think it's any better right now under Joe Biden? And frankly, I'm not too sure it's been that much better with Republicans at the helm. Education is broken. For example, Joy Hoffmeister is supposed to be a Republican here in the state of Oklahoma, and she is awful. She should be cited with contempt of our legislature. She's refusing to implement House Bill 1775, which was signed into law by Governor Stitt. She just refuses to do anything about it. She ignores it. She thumbs her nose at it. I'm going to repeat this. She just refuses to do anything. This is contempt. Why isn't she being dragged by our Republican majority before a special committee cited with contempt of our legislature? Why? Where are the Republicans? Where is the GOP? Where is our leadership? Where are our Republican leaders? Silence is violence, so I've been told. Well, they are very silent. Our Republican leaders are very silent in the face of this illegal activity. Are we a state? Is Oklahoma a state of laws or are we a state of anarchy? Are we going to allow this terrible 
excuse for an educator, Joy Hoffmeister, to get away with this. But in the meantime, on the official Department of Education website with Joy Hoffmeister's smug mug plastered across the top of the header, we're promoting how to engage in sex for your first time under the banner of LGBTQ plus inclusion. Yes, it's there. If you want to text me, I'll give you the links so that you can find it easily. And then there's this story. There's this story. A high school in Kentucky is having a furry problem. Furry in quotation marks. And if you don't know what that means, it's people who identify as animals. And this is from Not the Bee, dated August 27th, 2021. I've been warning of this for some time, even when I was back on the Pat Campbell show some 10 years ago. I said the day is coming because logically and legally, if we have now decided that subjective identity claims trump biological facts and reality, then where does it stop? If you can pretend to be a woman when you're not, if you can pretend to be black when you're not, if you can identify as something physiologically, biologically, anatomically, if you can identify as something that you're not and have that be sanctioned and blessed by the state, where does it stop? What gives you the right to say that trans identity should be honored legally and not tell people that they have the same legal rights when it comes to transhumanism or trans speciesism. So if transsexuality is a cool thing and we're all about that, then why aren't you saying the exact same thing about other trans arguments, transablement and trans speciesism? Well, here we are. I said it was coming. Oh, that'll never happen. Piper, you have lost your mind to say that that's where we're actually going to go. What a slippery slope fallacy. This argument for transablement or trans speciesism. Well, here we are. Kentucky School District. Meade County School District in Kentucky is dealing with an unusual situation. A group of high school students attending the school acting and dressing like cats. I know, you're, you're scratching your head. You're thinking, no, this is a joke. No, it's not a joke. This is real. This is not the bee. This is not the Babylon bee. This is the site, not the bee, which means it's not satire. It's actually a fact. These students are walking around the school, and they're acting like cats. They lay down in the windows during lectures, and they purr like cats. They're saying that they identify as furries, and what does that mean? Well, if you go to the Urban Dictionary, you'll find the definition for furry, and it goes as follows. The furry fandom is a subculture focused around cartoon animals, anthropomorphic animals, and human-animal hybrids, commonly expressed through art, costumes, cosplay, role play, and media, etc. It doesn't stop there. Listen to this one. It is a common misconception that being a furry is a sexual thing, but there does exist a large sexual part of the community. Close quote. 
Now that's the definition in the Urban Dictionary, that they identify as an animal. They therefore act like an animal, and they expect you to affirm it. That's the furry fandom movement. I told you the story of a guy in Texas who thinks he's a dragon. He identifies as a dragon. He's had his ears bobbed, his nose bobbed. He's had horns surgically implanted on his head. He's had tattoo and scarring across his face and the rest of his body to replicate scales. He actually thinks he's a dragon. I have this question for you. Is he? Are you going to allow him to get minority recognition and status and legal protection as a dragon? How about the guy who thinks he's a goat? He walks around out in the yard all day long acting like a goat. He thinks he's a goat. Is he a goat? He identifies as one. Well, these kids identify as cats. Are they cats? No, you say. Well, says who? They identify. They feel like a cat. They've always felt that their body was the wrong body. They've always felt that something was wrong. They always knew they were a furry, that they were a cat. This is real, people. This is not imagination. This is not a dream. It's not some dopey sci-fi novel. This is really happening. This is really happening. The clown show is here. Uh, the interesting thing, though, before I get off of this and I summarize today's show, is that the superintendent of the school district, his, na- his name is Mark Martin, he said that, well, I'm going to take care of it because these students are actually violating school policy. Well, how so, you say? Well, there's a dress code. And their costume, their cat costumes, the costumes that reflect their subjective identity claims, their transitional claims, their claims of being trans, trans species, they violate the dress code. And here's what the guy says, the superintendent. A small number of Meade County High School students have violated the dress code policy during the early part of the school year. These situations have been addressed consistently by the administration, and the dress code policy will continue to be implemented with fidelity. Close quote. Well, that's interesting. So why is it wrong for somebody to say they're a cat and dress like one, or a goat and dress like one, or a dragon and dress like one, You say, well, it's wrong because they're not a goat, a cat, or a dragon. Then why don't we apply the same exact logic when a man dresses in costume like a woman? Why do we allow that claim to gain substance and to gain traction and actually be codified into law? He's not a woman. He's dressing in drag. It's a costume It's an exaggerated costume of what he thinks a female should look like. He's actually blackfacing a woman by dressing in exaggerated makeup and other exaggerated features in a costume. One more time. It's a costume. It's make-believe. He's not actually a female. But yet we've bought that lie. We have imbibed that Kool-Aid. But we still say no to these poor kids that think they're cats and goats and dragons. How so? Like I said, it's a circus. It's a circus of clowns. Okay, I've made a big deal about education. I've got three to four minutes yet 
yet in this show, and I'm going to tell you the only solution. Here's the only solution, and I have said this openly. You know, I've ranted on this show about our current state of education in Oklahoma, and I've said that the candidates who have announced for the superintendent of public instruction position better attend to what I'm going to say right now. And one of them has. One of them has called me to talk to me about this stuff and says that he agrees with me. And that's Ryan Walters. And if he's serious, he's got my backing. If he's not, he's going to have my my ridicule. He says that he agrees that we need to get rid of the blatant racism and disavow the blatant racism that's endemic in critical theory and critical race theory. He understands the sleight of hand and the obvious deception of the SEL, social emotional learning that Joy Hoffmeister is promoting. He, he agrees that there's ontological insanity in the LGBTQIA plus alphabet soup nonsense in the overt misogyny of the trans movement, the divisive hatred of BLM and their neo-Marxist agenda, the pervasive arrogance of the OEA, the absolute non-negotiable of local parental authority. We have to reclaim the high ground of education, of the family, of the community, and that's parental authority. You decide what your kids are are going to be taught. You decide. And if anybody tells you otherwise, vote them out, fire them, get rid of them. Call them out, whether they're Republican or Democrat. Hold their feet to the fire. I was also told that he agrees with a commitment to return to just teaching our kids how to read and count and write and understand the basics of science like anatomy and biology. And he agrees with the importance of standing against the federalization of our curriculum and the necessity of teaching American exceptionalism and the virtues of our Constitution. That it's a good thing, not a product of white privilege. And also, here's the kicker. You can check those boxes that I just rattled off, and I'm glad that we at least have one candidate for the superintendency of public instruction here in the state of Oklahoma that's checking those boxes, or at least he has with me. But if you don't fight for school choice, none of it's going to make any difference. Because the only way you're ever going to get rid of those other things is to have legitimate school choice. And here's the question. Here's the question in the last couple seconds. We're supposedly the reddest of red state with a GOP-controlled Senate and House and governor's office. Why don't we have school choice here? Why haven't they implemented it? Do they really want it? Well, if they don't give it to you and if you don't get it, all this other stuff is meaningless because it'll never happen. And we're going to suffer the same fate as California and Kentucky. Because down deep inside, maybe these people actually agree with that nonsense. That's the scary part. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.